0: Hey, everyone. So we recorded uh, an episode last night about the what's happening in Gaza and woke up to start editing to get it out and uh, saw the news of the Al-Ali Arab Hospital massacre. Um, and then, of course, have been, like most people, I'm sure, listening, uh, a wreck the entire day going through the, the footage, looking at the media coverage Um, and so of course we had to update the episode and so that's what we're doing now we'll we're going to talk about this most recent development and then we're going to go into then we're just going to jump into the episode that we recorded last night uh, which is close to two hours and uh, just in the interest of time to be able to get this out because things are changing so rapidly uh, it's not going to be audio mixed, and so the audio quality you're used to is not going to be the same. And so, please forgive the raw form of this podcast. But um, I don't. I think the the death toll now is we think around a thousand people um, in the hospital. Uh, Al Ali Arab Hospital is the the only uh, Christian hospital. In Gaza, um, it's been around for a long time. I think since the early '80s, uh, and this was where uh, many people were taking refuge. Uh, you know, even if they weren't receiving treatment, because they figured this was maybe the safest place to be. Um, but of course, the hospital was filled with the wounded from the onslaught that's been going on the past week. Um, and so, you know, we're going to talk about what happened, and then this this. <laughs> the insane response by the U S and Israeli governments. And then of course, uh, the American media, but Abby, um, I guess you want to take us through what happened?
1: Yeah. I mean, I woke up to our colleague telling me they just bombed a hospital, um, up to 500 martyrs. And I was just like, how is this happening? I mean, The fact that Israel had warned five hospitals to evacuate because they were going to bomb them over the course of this last week, and they already bombed one. They already also bombed this hospital, Mike, um, Mm. and I think damaged the... Cancer ward. Yeah, one of the wards there. The carnage is the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, It is absolutely devastating. I've never... I I can't wrap my mind around that and I recommend people do not look at the footage of it because it's I, I will never forget it um it's just I don't even want to describe like what it is it's basically just limbless corpses and um body parts strewn around the room and that's just from one survivor's footage immediately after the blast um <clears throat> And of course, over the course of the day, we realized that the number could be far higher than 500, 500 to a thousand people incinerated in an instant, blown apart, children, patients, doctors, hundreds of patients and doctors and sheltering refugees that were seeking refuge in this hospital, um, targeted. in in a genocidal fashion by the Israeli military
0: actually a a video published from earlier uh, that day it's you know the the hospital has like a playground on the ground and there was just tons of children who were there hanging out and playing because that's that's like the safe place to be you know you're at you're at the Christian hospital uh, and so it was filled with just children who were there playing uh, and sleeping obviously when the attack happened um, because this was considered maybe maybe one place you could go and not die
1: um, I mean, yeah, it's there's like there's like clips of like artists who had gone there to draw things for the kids because there were so many children there, obviously. Um, and just everyone died. Um, Mike, the explosion, the
0: explosion was massive. There's video of the explosion. Uh, it's believed to be a JDAM joint direct. Attack munition. It's a massive munition that the United States recently sold to Israel. Um, many, many people, uh, including some people I know who have done uh, war reporting and who have been to war as uh, combatants, um, say that the the video it's it's a J. People who have been around J dams say this is uh, looks like a J dam, and people who have been around rockets, like homemade rockets, like the type that. Hamas has are saying that there's no fucking way that this is like a homemade rocket.
1: Well, yeah, no, and and that and let's be clear about what happened next. Um, right, in yeah. typical fashion of the Hasbro propaganda apparatus, they immediately saw the outrage and the international condemnation coming swiftly after the horrors unfolded and the carnage unfolded online, um, and that was actually shortly after some Israelis themselves boasted and gloated about the fact that they did conduct the massacre. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as of now, I mean, it's Israel's defense is that it it wasn't them. Right. But that's not how it started. Uh, First of all, it's important to read a tweet from very uh, shortly before the attack. The prime minister, uh, the official account of the prime minister of Israel. So Netanyahu's official Twitter account posted this is a struggle between the children of light and the children of darkness between humanity and the law of the jungle. That was the last thing that was tweeted before this hospital was bombed. And then it was deleted uh, shortly after the attack was getting backlash. Um, So, so the attack happens. Um, Netanyahu's social media advisor tweeted breaking Israeli Air Force struck a Hamas terrorist base inside a hospital in Gaza. A multiple number of terrorists are dead. It's heartbreaking that Hamas is launching rockets from hospitals, mosques, schools, and using civilians as human shields. Uh, he later deleted that tweet after they went in a different direction.
1: Al Jazeera reported that IDF spokespeople said, immediately following the attack, Mike, that they had warned the evacuations of the Al-Ali yes. Baptist Hospital right. as well as five other hospitals. And let's, and let's just seal the deal right here, which is the horrific press conference that takes place literally on top of piles of corpses and bloodied bodies outside with whatever doctors survived, say, quote, Israel told us yesterday, quote, we warned you, with two bombs. Why have you not evacuated the hospital until this moment? That was the press conference. That's the director of the hospital saying that that's what Israel said to them. So let's just put a lid on this bullshit that Israel's putting out to deflect from the most egregious war crime in recent history, that they bombed a hospital with a thousand fatalities, up to a thousand fatalities, and lied about it and, and said it was Hamas and Islamic Jihad rockets misfiring. The sickness... It, it's it, the genocidal madness and the media stenographers to just repeat whatever the Israeli military says and cause this fog of war to now people are now arguing about who actually did it right. when it's so crystal clear that the Israeli military did it. Yeah. And that's exactly the strategy to cause a fog of war. This is what they do over and over again. This is what they did with the Shireen al-Ap- al-Akle. This is what they did with her. They said Palestinian fighters are who killed her. Well, it turns out Israeli snipers targeted her and shot her and killed her murdered her in cold blood, and they do this every time. They saw the backlash, Mike, and they wanted to blame it on Hamas, and it worked. You saw people, BBC, Clarissa Ward from CNN, you saw everyone just saying, oh, guess what? Guess what, Mike? It might have been a missile. It might have been a missile, misfire. Fine. Really? Islamic jihad missiles have the capability to flatten an entire hospital and kill a thousand people. If that's the case, how have we not seen more than ten Israelis yeah, die? We'd know.
0: we'd know. We we know what Hamas rockets do. They make like a. They maybe can destroy a car. Um, also, after the attack, uh, Israel Ben Gavir, Israel's Minister of National Security, tweeted: "As long as Hamas does not release the, release the hostages, the only thing that needs to enter Gaza are hundreds of tons of explosives from the air force, not an ounce of humanitarian aid." Um, so. Uh, that's threatening more massacres. Um, so, yeah. So they went from saying, ah, this was uh, Hamas was firing rockets to, hey, we warned the hospital that this was going to happen and people didn't evacuate to, oh, actually, it was uh, an errant rocket from Islamic Jihad. Uh, and, you know, they first uh, released evidence of this. Um the the official Israel Twitter account and the spokesperson for the IDF said, here's a video from that night that shows because there are rockets that misfire and then hit other buildings in Gaza. So they have the video. They said, here's the video. Here's a video of an errant rocket. And here's the evidence. Uh, and then they quickly deleted it uh, because the video was timestamped for about an hour after the bombing of the hospital. So they're already... Been caught, so they've been through. They've changed their story ten different times. They've released bullshit and then had to retract it and then delete it. Um, and you know, it's and then of course uh, they've done this many times before. So uh, Shireen Abu Akleh, of course, when when the uh, uh, Palestinian American journalist was killed. By uh, Israeli snipers, Um, you know they said that it was Palestinian militants who did it. Many times before, in 1996, when Israel bombed a UN compound in southern Lebanon and and killed 106 people, the IDF uh, said it was Hezbollah, and then it was later confirmed that it was the the IDF. Uh, Ten years later, in 2006, uh, Israel shelled uh, an area in Lebanon again, killing 54 in a single strike. They blamed Hezbollah, and then it emerged that. You know, it was Israel deliberately targeting civilians. Human Rights Watch, uh, you know, exposed that as well. So this is like what they do um, when they realize like, oh, we can't actually openly do this. Although they seem to want, they want, they want Palestinians to know that. they No, they They just don't want Americans.
1: Exactly. No, the Palestinians all know that they did it. And our colleagues in Gaza are just like, oh, we, we know who did this. It's obvious. And even our friend was just like, Palestinian rockets cannot cause this kind of damage they have never caused this kind of damage it's it's ludicrous to insinuate that they do and it's just rewriting history and mike the exact reason why israel does this is because cover can be provided from the international community like Secretary Blinken. Remember when I had the chance to confront him about shirin Abu Akleh? Yeah. And he was just like, it actually hasn't been confirmed who yeah, shot, right. who we shot don't the bullet. And this know. was, and it's like, it has, it's conclusive. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. But this is exactly what they want. The fog yeah. of war continues and it just provides cover to just continue to green light these crimes yeah. so that Israel, months down the line, oh, it's just an afterthought.
0: It's a footnote. Yeah. And, Obviously, everyone wasn't on the same page about how to whitewash it after it happened, because, you know, of course, the first reaction from Israel and the US government was to be like, well, Hamas was using the hospital as a a base and they told people to leave. And that was the initial defense Mm -hmm. that they started rolling Mm -hmm. out. Once the once the casualty numbers and videos and stuff started to roll out, where it was so egregious, because let's say Hamas was using it as a base, you still can't blow up the fucking hospital. If Hamas had tunnels or weapons depots underneath the hospital, or if they had a command and control center inside the hospital, but it still was a hospital, it's still a fucking war crime to blow it all up. So that was their initial excuse. And because and and it took a while for everyone to get on the same page that actually This was not Israel at all. We didn't target it at all. It was a completely different thing. Because the Pentagon, there was a Pentagon press conference today as well, and the Pentagon spokesperson, when asked about it, said Hamas is putting (sighs) command and control inside hospitals. So they weren't. They hadn't got the memo. They hadn't got the memo yet. That oh, actually, no, we're not saying that. Are you serious? Yeah, no, they were still on the they were still on the uh, tip uh, of being like, oh, actually, well, they're using human shields. uh, So without realizing that, there's no way that can fucking fly with such a such a horrific work um so yeah so now the um, and here and here's the thing it's like israel israel could be open that yes we blew up the fucking hospital and nothing would happen to them the u.s would protect them from any accountability they, they it doesn't israel doesn't have to come up with an excuse for their own purposes nothing's going to happen to them and they're continue doing what they're doing but get this right after the fucking attack like hours after the massacre at the hospital. Israel officially requested $10 billion in military aid from the United States. So, of course, the United States is going to approve that and give that to them. So for Washington, they're like, ah, well, you're going to have to give us some, you know, if we're going to give you all this extra shit right after you did this, uh, you got to give us some plausible deniability with this hospital massacre. And so the only reason they're even going through the motions of denying that they did this is because... It's it, to make it more tenable for Congress to then sign off and Biden to sign off on another $10 billion in fucking the same missiles that they just dropped on this hospital. Um, and then, of course, right away, the uh, the American media went into the, you know, uh, muddying the waters and just put. So the New York Times sent out a fucking push notification like, you know, the alerts yep. you get on your phone yep. when there's like some big breaking news. The New York Times puts out a push notification Israel said misfired Palestinian rocket caused the explosion at the Gaza hospital. Um, So there you go. And then the, the New York times also scrubbed a headline. Their initial headline about this was Israeli airstrike hits Gaza hospital, killing 500 Palestinian health ministry said, then they scrubbed it and changed it to Israelis and Palestinians blame each other for blast at Gaza hospital. Um, And then, and so of course, all of the media now, instead of focusing on how horrific this crime is, I mean, it's, you know, they kill. What killed, do you even say? It's, it's,
1: like, it's like, what do you, how do you... Like any, country, like any country, any country
0: that just went and started bombing Israeli airfields would be completely justified to stop to stop the massacre from happening. I mean, of course that can't happen because the U.S. military is protecting them and making sure. But like it's such, it has reached such a point where there needs to be like military intervention from the world to prevent Israel from continuing its massacres uh, and genocides. Um, but of course now all the mainstream media is has made it about. Well, we don't know what happened. Everyone's blaming each other. It could have been, it could have been anyone, and you know, hoping that they this know will damn just damn well, yeah. Hoping that once an well. investigation happens, it'll be months down the line, and all of this will be fucking blown. It's over all gonna be washed and away. Nobody will care,
1: Mike. And don't forget BBC yesterday. Right, yesterday, right? This is what they did a report on: Does Hamas build tunnels under hospitals and schools? Yeah, and of course, what do you think the answer to that is? Right. In their yeah. Big, I wonder their who tipped them off to that story. Report. Yeah
0: well cuz they knew that israel was going to bomb hospitals cuz they've been saying they're about to bomb hospitals this i mean is, they've been telling everyone they've been this fucking is, telling this is this is
1: journalistic malpractice and the most kindest interpretation this is just paving the way for genocide yeah. these and, people are accomplices in mass murder they are mass murdering psychopaths they are all accomplices in genocide
0: it's a and, it's a fascist it's a completely fascist state and they're not they're openly state, committing a genocide uh, they've bombed hospitals in Gaza frequently 2014 Israel bombed Gaza's only rehab hospital um, in 2014 uh, they attacked Gaza's health workers uh, this is uh, uh, amnesty International did an investigation and found it, um, uh, it and again in 2014 um, investigators found that a third hospital had been struck in Gaza by the Israeli military um, then in 2021 Um, there was a report about how 19 healthcare facilities were destroyed by by Israeli bombing in Gaza. So it's par for the course. I mean, bombing hospitals is like a regular thing that Israel does. But this hospital was so full of people. Two things made this... Different. It was so full because everyone was injured and in there from the bombing and because so many people, especially children, were seeking refuge there. So it was densely populated, this hospital. And then the other thing is the munition was massive. This wasn't a normal missile that Israel normally uses. This was like the biggest munition that they have used yet on Gaza. Um, So it's those things coming together has made the death toll so outrageously high. I mean, any... It, it, one person dead is, is a crime, but it's, this is just, it's just like a, there's no words for how, there's insane this.
1: no words for how crazy this is. I mean, just seeing like seeing the footage is so horrifying. It's like, I can't. And then I feel guilty from like feeling, feeling the way that I do about it, thinking the people that are there, like, who survived and what is their life going to be like? I mean, I saw like I mean, a there's trauma still people doctor trapped in the rubble. Yeah. There's a trauma doctor who's just like sobbing and he's just like, this is genocide. He's like screaming into the camera. Like, please help us. Like, do you see He's like surrounded by bodies. He's just like, su- like the room is stacked with bodies and he's just like, this is genocide. Like the fact that they're just like filming their own genocide and, like, begging the world, like, why aren't you guys doing anything? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is totally crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I tried to avoid actually looking at any of that. And the one video I opened, it was a guy running into the hospital with two shopping bags, like plastic shopping bags. And it was the body parts of his kids that he was bringing in to try to, like, put together to be buried. Um Yeah, I mean what do you what do you even say about this, man? I mean,
1: we we are so broken. The world we live in hell. No one can stop them. No one's going to stop them. No one's going to stop no them. One's gonna no stop
0: one's going to stop them. The no one the, the no the international community, so it's called, is is essentially powerless to do anything cuz the United States dictates who can be brought up on war crimes charges, who can attack Israel. So Biden moved two fucking aircraft carrier fleets to make sure no country can intervene without you actually going to war with the United States. So nobody can. nobody's going to... And the only, the only country that really has the power to stop Israel is the United States. And here's Joe Biden's response. After the bombing, right after the bombing, Joe Biden tweeted a fucking graphic of him walking onto an airplane saluting... With a, a text on the, gra- on the picture of him saluting, walking onto an airplane, Biden to visit Israel on Wednesday in major show of solidarity. That's what he tweeted an hour after the fucking hospital massacre. And he, and he tweeted with that photo that he fucking shared. I'm traveling to Israel tomorrow to stand in solidarity in the face of Hamas's brutal terrorist attack and consult in the next days. Uh, so basically saying i'm going to I'm going to give my support for what Israel is fucking doing in Gaza. And then he says, then I'll travel to Jordan and meet with leaders to address dire humanitarian needs. Uh, at, at which uh, after the hotel massacre, the hospital massacre, the King of Jordan actually canceled. The meeting with Biden. Uh, so that's not happening anymore. You fucking idiot. Um, a boss also canceled the meeting with Biden. He was supposed to meet with a boss as well, um, and, and both in Jordan, uh, and they canceled it because this is so outrageous. And then it took the entire fucking day. You know, Biden says nothing except that, except a picture of him saluting, getting on airplanes, saying, "I'm going to stand in, in major show of solidarity with Israel." And then at the end of the day, at fucking 7 p.m. Eastern time, after. This after this has happened all played out all day, he says, "This is almost worse than saying I'm going to Israel to salute them with a major show of solidarity." He says, "I am outraged and deeply saddened by the explosion at the Al Ali Arab Hospital in Gaza. The explosion. So feeding the Israeli propaganda that we don't know what this was. Was this a a Hamas weapons lab that blew up and blew up the hospital? Like we don't. And so it was just it's." Uh, that is just, I mean, he's obviously Biden is just going to fucking, he's just going to be like, actually, you know, Blinken, you said, said something kind of outrageous too, where it's like, they just want things, they just want things to make it palatable for Washington to approve more funding and the world not to be mad at the U S. So what did, what did Blinken did, Oh yeah. Say? Well, told- this was yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause, cause yesterday when we did record the episode, Mike, two things were just outrageously said first Biden said, Israel's going after people who have engaged in barbarism that is as consequential as the Holocaust. I mean, imagine saying that. Imagine weaponizing the Holocaust to literally commit a Holocaust in broad daylight in front of the world, live-streamed. Like, that's what's happening. You sick bastards. Um, And then Blinken basically made a statement saying, look, um, you need to let water back in because we're going to lose this op. Like we're in order to keep this op going, just let yeah. water back in because we're losing world support. So we got to keep this we going. We got to keep doing this. We got to keep this keep doing it, You got to let some water yeah, in. Yeah, he's just like, look, it's like looking really bad. If a million really people bad, die of
0: dehydration, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's going to be harder for us to continue giving you bombs and money to keep doing this.
1: I mean, to, if I hear the word Holocaust one more time while one is being committed, I, I don't, I'm gonna lose it. I mean, I already feel like I've lost my mind today. I don't know how much more. I mean, I f- it's just like so crazy to, to think that this is just continuing unabated. Someone needs to intervene. Someone needs to stop this madness. They need to stop this madness.
0: I, <sighs> obviously, there's uh, going to be protests in the next, in the coming days, this weekend, especially, but emergency demonstrations all across the country now. I mean, it's, it feels like, (laughs) I think if anything, um, I think the Palestinian people need it, need the show of support and solidarity. The people of Gaza need it. In fact, uh, you know, our friends in Gaza have said what's the most important is for you to organize big, big protests. We need big, big protests. Um, so I think that's all we can do. I mean, I feel powerless. I feel pessimistic. I feel that the, you know, the, the only way justice is going to be served here is a military defeat for Israel. Uh, I don't know how or when that can happen, but, um, that's, I guess where my hope is lying now. Um, I think it's our responsibility. I mean, this is a historic moment. Um, after so long of a slow genocide, it's accelerating. And so we need to, you know, how do you want to be remembered for what you did at this time type shit? You know, go be in the streets. I mean, that's, that's what's open to us now. Harass everyone you can harass that is a a part of this. Um, get creative with it if you can, but just join, join the protests that are happening. We need unity now. Uh, everyone who's an internationalist and and with the Palestinians and um, you know we need we need to be together we need a mass movement
1: we need the we need to have a tipping point we need everyone on the side of truth and justice and reality I'm sick of having reality flipped on its head this is reality and you're about to hear from our colleague And I'm going to leave you with his words, and then we're going to go into his actual messages that he left me before the hospital was bombed. This is what he sent me this morning after the hospital was bombed. He said, we're in tears here following the news. Part of my family returned home yesterday, and the bombed hospital is only 500 meters away. No words here can describe our feelings, but what we do know is that all of the world bears responsibility all of them, Abby. The blood is on their hands. I've said to people around me here following the news that it's good we have no electricity to watch the horror images on TV and that the internet connection is bad. It doesn't download anything. I hope this can be a turning point that can stop this massacre.
0: So that that wraps up our addition to this episode. And what you're going to hear next is uh, messages that our friend sent us from inside Gaza uh, shortly before the hospital bombing. And then you're going to hear the episode we recorded last night. Um, Thanks for listening. Fuck Israel and fuck the US government.
2: Uh, We're here going through the most uh, catastrophic moments of our lives. Over 1 million people left their homes in which uh, they lived for hundreds of years after they saw the massacres committed by uh, the israeli occupation uh, i'm recording this and i'm afraid they could uh, target me for this but i will say it uh, anyhow all people here now uh, have no electricity no fuel and live what uh, on what uh, left water and food which could run out in a few days if not hours The world doesn't see or hear the crisis we face now as the israeli propaganda sink the mainstream media over 2000 people massacred including 700 children most gaza have turned into rubble, and yet israel threatens to commit a genocide in the coming days We lost our homes, memories, relatives, friends, and were not sure what the future holds. We are really scared. Israel would kill us all in the dark, backed by all Western powers. For the situation, every today it's it's still getting dark. The people that didn't leave yesterday Gaza, the north of Gaza, Today the, they left uh, to the uh, to the south uh, people are uh, already getting together here in, in uh, the south uh, water and uh, uh, and food uh, it could uh, really run out in, in a few days uh, uh, Israel today. uh, threatens to to start the the invasion uh, in the coming hours. We don't know, I think uh, over one million are still in in Gaza and in the north. Uh, I don't know what could happen to them. Israel has now a green light to target them and kill them all. Uh, My friends and some of my relatives are still there. And I'm in contact with them and they're afraid, but they couldn't leave because uh, there's no place here to stay in. I don't know, Uh, we're scared. Uh, I think the coming weeks are very sad. What we are scared more of is uh, the future. We don't know what they plan for, really. They could plan to to displace all Palestinians from Gaza to Egypt and uh, establish and uh, establish uh, refugee camps. We don't know. We, we are afraid of this uh, scenario. We hope uh, the world could intervene and uh, stop this and uh, end this war and uh, go back to, to our uh, to our homes. Uh, thank you, thank you, Abby, for this. On the personal level, I uh, lost my apartment in, uh, in the west of Gaza uh, on last uh, Sunday as Israel uh, bombed it. Uh, I left to my parents' house, then they threatened us and ordered us to, to evacuate to the, to the south. I am now displaced two times, uh, I don't know, maybe third, uh, we don't uh, know what the future holds. Uh, pray for us.
3: Hi friends and comrades. This is Ahmad Abur Tema, the Palestinian writer based in Gaza Strip. I'm talking now using the very few time that I have access to internet. Since seven days more, Gaza Strip is without electricity, without fuel. Without internet, without supplies, without food. This is the order of the army minister of Israel, Yuaf Galant, who ordered to cut off everything. Also Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, said for the people in Gaza, leave the place. What we are seeing now is not... An Israeli war against Hamas. This is very clear. If you follow the reports, if you follow the news, the videos, you will see clearly that all the targets until now are the houses of the people. Complete families were massacred while they were sleeping. The Israeli war planes bombard bombarded the houses while the families are sleeping inside until now there are 2000 palestinian victims just in seven days the majority of them are children and women complete families about 50 families were completely killed in this israeli continuous crime why israel is making this israel started the genocide against the palestinian people since 1948 so this is the starting point please don't allow to the media who support israel the pro israel media to say that the events started on october 7th now israel is warning the people is warning about 2.2 million residents here in gaza to go toward egypt because it wants that gaza is empty of the people it wants gaza empty of the people Exactly as it wanted before Palestine, the occupied Palestine from 1948, to be empty from the native people, the Palestinians. So it's genocide. Israel didn't target until now any militant target inside Gaza. You can follow... You can follow the reports, the videos. You will see all the targets are the families, are the children, are the houses, complete neighborhoods were displaced, were removed by the Israeli attacks. Why Israel is making this? Because Israel feels impunity it feels that the united states administration is completely backing it and this is the reality it's horrible every single minute we hear that a new israeli massacre is committed here in gaza there is no way to stop this crazy genocide but one way all the people in the world who believe injustice and freedom for everyone to support us to organize big protest. we need very big protest everywhere to say for israel enough to say for israel uh, 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 stop this this genocide so it's the time my friends it's the time to raise our voices and say free free palestine free free palestine we don't want any more uh, 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 regimes of occupation and apartheid in this world thank you
1: you just heard the voice of ahmed abu artema he was the lead organizer for the great march of return which was the basis of our documentary in 2019 Gaza fights for freedom. He's an incredible activist and artist based in Gaza. Just tragic, Mike. Um, the words coming from besieged Palestinians trapped in this unfolding nightmare and his plea to the world. We need protests. Now. We need people and mass out in the streets demanding an end. To what is happening. And his words ring so true that this is not just the Israeli government. This is this blood is on Biden's hands.
0: And the first voice you heard was our uh, co-producer for Gaza Fights for Freedom, who uh, wants to remain anonymous, just like he did in the credits of the film, because he's worried Israel will target him for it. Um, he and Ahmed uh, both sent us voice messages, uh We told them we were going to do a podcast on this, and they said they wanted to send some messages to share with our audience, and so those were just uh, sent on October 15th. We're recording this on the 16th, and uh, they've been sending us updates throughout, and we're going to hear more about that as we go through this whole story.
1: Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is Abby Martin
0: and Mike Preisner
1: a somber day today as we are seeing the worst humanitarian crisis that we have ever seen in Gaza unfolding before our eyes. And it really is like a slow motion genocide that we're just all witnessing while the so-called, you know, leaders of the free world are just sitting back cheering this on, giving a full throated endorsement of what is happening. It's truly horrifying topsy-turvy reality
0: that we're witnessing. Right now it's October 16th. Um, a little bit over a week since the uh, surprise October 7th attack by uh, Gaza resistance forces on the Israeli military and settlements. Um, Since just a week into the Israeli retaliation, collective punishment of the people of Gaza, as the time of this recording, the health ministry in Gaza has reported uh, 1,300 children alone have been killed by Israeli bombs. Uh, Israel has cut off all humanitarian aid, all water uh, going into Gaza, and so and water in particular. So right now, at the time of this recording, hospital workers are drinking IV bags in Gaza's hospitals because there's no water. And people uh, elsewhere in Gaza, all the water has run out. And so people are now drinking contaminated water. And uh, we're, we're hearing this not from just the press, but several of our colleagues who we work closely with on Gaza Fights for Freedom are updating us regularly. And so you'll actually hear some of their voices tonight. But <clears throat> uh, the Israel says they're just getting started. And so the this catastrophic toll, I mean, far greater than anything Gaza has ever seen, they're saying is just the beginning. Uh, they've gotten a full green light from the Biden administration. And we'll talk a little bit about what uh, the out, outrageous statements that have come from them. Um, also, at this moment today, there is thousands of Jewish American activists that uh, blocked all entrances to the White House and basically shut the White House down, demanding a ceasefire, of course, the, the rational thing to do. Uh, but Israel and its backers in the U.S. have said that this is, they're going to basically, you know, they say they're going to eradicate Hamas, and which would mean they have to just destroy all of Gaza and everything underneath Gaza.
1: Right. And as we know, they consider everyone in Gaza a hostile person. Um, Because they keep referencing the fact that in 2006, Gazans elected Hamas for their government. And that was the last election. And so I guess the million plus children under 16 in Gaza are also responsible for the election of Hamas over 10 years ago. um, Almost 20 years ago. And Mike, we keep hearing over and over again ad nauseum that this is Israel's 9-11 And we're going to kind of unpack a lot of what has happened because over the last seven days, a lot of the initial narrative that propelled this catastrophic genocidal uh, barbarism um, is now totally falling apart. And a lot of the Hasbro operation has completely blown up in their faces. Um, so why don't we go back to the beginning?
0: Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, the, the Israeli rhetoric has changed and the US rhetoric has changed. In the, in the beginning, the Israel was very open about how, oh, we're going to kill the civilians. I mean, that's, that's our mission, is we're going to just eradicate Gaza. The, the Israeli officials on the Israeli media in particular were very open that they considered everyone in Gaza responsible and would punish all of them collectively. Uh, there has been quite a bit of backlash Over the course of their onslaught on Gaza, that is now causing them to go back and say, oh, it's we're just at war with Hamas and Hamas is using human shields. And then the Biden administration has shifted from its complete uncritical, you know, do whatever you got to do to get revenge type thing to now, oh, well, we care about the civilians and we're going to make sure aid gets in and all that stuff. Which oh, really? Is, of course, I mean, that's surprising because
1: yeah. I actually saw Israeli officials today just saying we are at war with like every civilian. I mean, straight uh, yeah, up saying, saying both. yeah, just saying this is not just about Hamas. This is like all civilians and all mm-hmm. civilians are responsible because Hamas is the government. And so it's just, right. um, you know, Biden's little tokenism about the poor Palestinian boy who was stabbed to death because of the incitement the genocidal bloodlust that's been yeah. it, incited, oh yeah, no, 1,000 children dead in Gaza. But Palestinian Americans are also getting slaughtered here in the U.S. because of the genocidal incitement being fostered from our media and politicians manufacturing consent for this. And so that's happening. The blood is on Biden's hands and he has the audacity to go and say, oh, we abhor Islamophobia. We abhor this, this incident. Well, What do you call what is happening? What do you think is the result of this kind of rhetoric and policy? This isn't just like endorsing this. This is actually, this is, this is only happening because of U.S. sponsorship. So Mike, let's go back to the beginning because this was all very, um, it was very surreal, chaotic and and traumatic. I think we moved, you know, out of our house. This is why this is, you know, we're doing this kind of a week late because we wanted to do this emergency broadcast earlier, but we were in the middle of a, of a move across country. And so things have been very distressing for us to see our friends and colleagues there in Gaza experiencing this and just all of this erupt without really being able to to respond as rapidly as we had hoped to. Um, And, and yeah, it's just been, it's been completely insane to see what has happened over the last week in terms of like the narrative just collapsing upon itself Let's talk about the initial attack by Hamas. What do we know so far about what happened
0: on October 7th? Or what was the original story? Sure. How did it all start? Yeah. I don't, so we were so, the news, when the news came in mm-hmm. about Israel's 9 11, mm-hmm. what was the news that everyone saw plastered over the front pages everywhere?
1: Mm-hmm. The initial story that came out was that Hamas invaded Israel, a kibbutz on the, the border of Gaza. As we know, Gaza is a warehouse of refugees that were ethnically cleansed from their own lands. So this whole just analysis and analogy of it being a border in general is kind of a misnomer. It's just a a border fence that separates them from their ancestral lands. So we saw footage of like paragliders, Hamas or or maybe just Palestinian fighters. I don't really know if they were all Hamas or not, but they were paragliding into what was like, looked like like a trance festival that was taking place, I think, in Rote, Mike, which is, you know, notoriously Starrote Cinema, where settlers kind of just sit back and watch Gaza being bombed. Um, and we were told that there was basically like a, a massacre of 250 or 300 festival goers that were just listening to trance music. And just essentially, there was like a, a mass shooting, like Vegas, the Vegas mass shooter, like that much carnage. Sheer barbarism, dragging women's bodies in the street, and also committing mass rape. Mass rape—that's what they told us happened. Really horrifying stuff. I mean, this is this is kind of um, similar to what we heard about Gaddafi's soldiers, you know, being fed Viagra and committing mass rape against civilians. And so that that was like the initial horrifying thing that we heard, and then it moved on to they invaded several kibbutzes around that festival and beheaded 40 infants, Mike 40 infants were beheaded. And this was the story that uh, I think took hold, took root across the Mm -hmm. entire world. It generated so much outrage that it, it literally was on the front page of every single like mainstream Mm -hmm. newspaper and just repeated completely uncritically by every mainstream anchor in the entire world.
0: You had State Department officials, U.S. State Department officials, like, crying on CNN about it. I mean, it was... And then Biden, of course, says that he saw proof that he was provided with... Essentially said he was provided with the evidence that this happened.
1: Yeah, and this was after... You know, as soon as I saw this story, I was just like, look, this is totally fake. I mean, it, it, it really just rings back to throwing babies out of incubators. It's like, what is the most harrowing gruesome thing that you can possibly hear about terrorists, something yeah. like ISIS, to, to completely dehumanize someone and make them seem like animals. Yes, and Raping they, and yep. slaughtering infants yep. and beheading them. Right. I mean, that's really like the most cartoonish possible thing. That and you so can the, say slogan,
0: the slogan that Israel and the U.S. then started promoting immediately was, Hamas is ISIS. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because that's the kind of thing ISIS would do, because ISIS was this insane fascist, like, bloodthirsty, just completely insane group. They started putting that out because like, you know, what was the way, what was the way they dealt with ISIS was just complete mass, like over the top mass bombing, like the U.S. bombing in Raqqa. Uh, you know, killed like 1,600 civilians in like a, a very brief amount of time. But they were like, well, this is what we have to do to defeat ISIS. Otherwise, they're going to like take over half the world. Um, so, you know, the rhetoric of Hamas ISIS is to be like, you know, you have to accept whatever we do because this is the most barbaric force on the planet. And they're going to take over. They're going to do another Holocaust and all of that. Uh, so that, that, pick, that was picked up very, very quickly. And then in the aftermath of the October 7th attack, Israel enjoyed for a moment, it's like peak public support internationally and in the West, like Israel. And that had been waning. I mean, the fact that over the past decade, especially the past five years, support for Israel has completely shifted in a huge way, where in May 2021, when the Sheikh Jarrah stuff was happening, uh, there were the biggest pro-Palestine demonstrations like in history. Uh, much bigger than the previous record in the United States, would uh, much much bigger. So dramatically different outpouring of support for the people of Palestine, and then everything just completely switched. Where it was wall to wall, is is it's just like Israel's nine eleven. You know, it was maximum sympathy and support for the state of Israel.
1: Um, and then of course, no evidence existed for it. In fact. The source of the claim came from, several people tracked down who actually told this French journalist or whatever that was on the ground reporting the aftermath of that kibbutz being attacked. And she's the one who basically said, an Israeli soldier told me this. And that Israeli soldier was a complete fanatical settler who just made it up, straight up made up the claim, told it to the uncritical foreign press that just repeats dutifully whatever israeli soldiers tell them and it was just plastered all over front page news all over the world the lie was already
0: cemented as truth
1: you can't reverse course once 40 beheaded babies is on the front yeah, page yeah once a billion newspaper. people
0: in the world have, have yeah. believed that
1: yeah 40 babies were beheaded it's, it's like worse than anything isis has ever done it's like so effing crazy and that's why Netanyahu started saying Hamas is actually worse than ISIS. It was like not even like right. Hamas equals ISIS, it was like Hamas is worse than ISIS. And then of course they planted ISIS flags like on some of the scenes. They literally right. like staged like ISIS flags trying to really get that going. But then of course, as that story quickly fell apart for the people who were paying attention, not only was it too late, Mike, but then Joe Biden, as you mentioned, ginned it all up again by actually saying at a press conference, like, I never thought that I would see. He literally said, I never thought that I would see, like, children being, alluding to the fact that, like, he saw photos of children being beheaded. And when I first saw him say that, I was like, I honestly wouldn't put it past Netanyahu to give him an AI-generated image of, like, a beheaded baby. Because I was just like, this is so cartoonish that I would not put it past the Israeli government to do that. But Mike, it turns out that he was just straight up lying. He had not seen any
0: photos. We know, The White House actually had to clarify, yeah. of, as they often do mm-hmm. when Biden says something, they have to clarify, like, oh, he didn't mean that. Yeah. Because it wasn't just like, oh, you took him out of, it's like, you, you misunderstood him. It was like, no, he said that, but he did not see evidence.
1: He did not see evidence. and right. And so everyone had to retract the story once it was far too late. MSNBC anchors, I mean, it was embarrassing to see anchors say, I reported this because the Israeli government said so. Because it became not just this rogue Israeli soldier who was a fanatical settler. It actually was repeated by Netanyahu, and it, like, skipped over, like mountains of like clarification and and actual evidence provided and it just went straight from this one fanatical settler guy who was an israeli soldier and everyone was like israeli soldier said israeli soldier said and then it was like the israeli military even said we can't confirm that but then netanyahu was like oh shit like i have to like keep going with this
0: which is because this is all i have (laughs) i mean it's it's funny because uh you know over a thousand israelis were killed in this attack i mean it it appears that that number is accurate you know that's a lot of people. I mean, you don't to, but to to not be satisfied with you know we've lost this many people in a single day, and you know about two hundred hostages were taken by Hamas as well, civilian hostages and and soldiers and and high ranking military officials taken as hostages as well. So two hundred hostages, a thousand plus dead, and many more injured. You know, it's you could just stick to the truth, and you'd have like a you'd be able to generate sympathy. But Mike, why do you think that they had to invent atrocities? Why do you think that the initial
1: attack was not bad enough? Because
0: I think that the truth of the attack is that Hamas attacked military targets, which is completely legitimate and justified. And frankly, like, you know, really the most rational course of action for the resistance in Gaza. I mean, do you want to just sit back and just endure this forever and like slowly be wiped out and just be tortured for decades on end? Like, or do you want to take the initiative... And fight back against against the Israeli military. And so it, because it was like such a big, embarrassing military defeat for the Israeli military, that's not to say that there weren't a lot of civilian deaths also, uh, in this attack. Um and of course, other things that happened that could be considered war crimes. You know, like there was a body of a woman who was an Israeli woman that was uh, you know, desecrated. Um, of course, civilians did die in this attack. The music festival, of course, was one that got quite a bit of attention
1: and I don't think we actually know what happened
0: we know a little bit about what happened because we have some survivors from it Israelis who have spoken to the press and so one survivor her name is Yasmin Porat uh, she lives in she's an Israeli woman who survived the Hamas assault on settlements uh, near the Gaza boundary she said Israeli civilians were undoubtedly killed by their own security forces she said uh, She said, quote, they eliminated everyone, including the hostages, she told Israeli radio. There was very, very heavy crossfire and even tank shelling. So, you know, Hamas took a bunch of hostages and then Israel, like, shot tanks at them. Um, She said that they were treated humanely when they were—because she was— um, she was held by Hamas for several hours, and she said they were they were treated everyone there was treated humanely. Nobody was like executed.
1: So I want to comment quickly on what you just said. I don't think we actually know what happened yet. Yes, this woman is saying that I don't actually know if she was at the festival or if she was at a nearby she was at the festivals.
0: She was at the festival.
1: Um, okay, so I I mean that that is really crazy because the yeah, the initial reports were that there was a ma- this massacre. There was all these women being raped, which again had to be retracted. Right. Several news organizations had to retract that claim, which was just uncritically repeated to dehumanize, God, you know, Palestinians as much as possible. And they had to say there was no accounts, literally not mm. one account of anyone being raped. Just shocking the amount of lies that came out. Again, why do these atrocities need to be invented? Um, I do think. Plenty of civilians were killed. It's really hard to say the actual death toll, Mike, because here's the problem: um, only 311 Israelis have been named mm. out of the 1,300 that may have been killed. So, why is it that we All only right. know 311 names? That's that's what I'm really curious about. Because Heretz just released the article, like. In the last couple hours, it is very odd. It's like, what is going on here? How do we know the amount, but we don't know who was actually killed? So 311 Israeli dead named so far. Here's how many were soldiers or police on active duty. 68% of those killed were police or soldiers on active duty.
0: Okay, so which were all le- completely legitimate military targets and not a civilian massacre. Th- those, I mean, are those are not are, civilians. That is a completely legal and justified uh, 68% assault.
1: out of 311 named. Again, this is only the amount of victims so, who were so named.
0: So 212 out of the 311. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, two Israeli victims... Um, from the, uh, two, I'm sorry, two Israeli survivors. You mentioned one woman who gave an interview on Israeli radio saying they eliminated ever, everyone, including the hostages. That there was a lot of crossfire. Another man, who was the sole survivor of the kibbutz, who that they claim the 40 beheaded babies were from, he claims that again he was held by Hamas. No one was abused or injured while the hostages were inside, and he said one Hamas member gave himself up and surrendered outside and that's when all hell broke loose the israeli soldiers just started like firing upon the hamas people inside and there were hostages that were actually just caught in the crossfire and all of them were killed all of them (laughs) so we don't know what bullets killed whom but i think it really follows the line of the hannibal directive that um the israeli military has also put into place which is kill all hostages because you yeah. don't want any hostage as a bargaining chip. You don't want to give them one inch. And so I don't know how many Israelis were killed during this onslaught, but I do know that like the, the amount that was killed in Gaza during the bombing so far, the amount of Israeli yeah. hostages that have been killed are like 30 plus.
4: Right.
1: So that's included in this. The, wow. What, who okay. they bombed and who okay. they have killed, I'm pretty sure are included in this death toll. Wow. Which okay. really so says the number a lot. Of,
0: so the number of confirmed israeli civilians now is at 99 uh 30 to 40 you know killed in gaza by israeli bombs some other amount and this kibbutz were all hostages until the idf just opened up on where all the hostages were unknown how many of those you know were killed there uh and then of course in that including that civilians of course is armed settlers as well Armed men who are very much an extension of the Israeli military, and you know they're the extra legal armed wing of the Israeli military, and often more radical and more violent than the Israeli military. So, of those 99 civilians, how many were like armed settler men who are also legitimate combatants? Um, So, you know, how many civilians did Hamas kill uh, intentionally? Um, That you know, that number could be. Much less than we were made to believe and what's being used as a justification to kill, you know, 1,300 children in one week's time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I encourage people to look at this article because it is is—it is actually incredible the amount of Israeli soldiers and commanders um, that were killed. So when Mike says military targets were the objective, I do believe that that was true. Like I mean, they may is- have gone
0: to the festival to try to take everyone as hostages, and, like, right. you know, I, know, mean, I mean, who knows what they were yeah, doing, right. but, Maybe like, they—it obviously was a—it obviously was an objective to take a lot of Israeli hostages, right? because, hey, that's a pretty good negotiating tactic. If you have hundreds of Israeli hostages, you know, and your goal is to get concessions from the Israeli government, mm-hmm. uh, which you have never been able to get before, then that's, you know—we can debate the tactic, but it is— a smart one. Um, yeah. So it's, it's possible they targeted the festival just because they could round people up easily, right. which, um, you know.
1: Right, and yeah, interestingly, um, Hamas military spokesperson Abu Obeda says that the number of prisoners that they have is 250, which is a lot of fucking people.
0: Yeah, you know, there was another survivor of of one of the kibbutzes, a young woman, I think she's 19, who said the same thing about how many is how many civilians were killed by the Israeli soldiers, and she was like. She was like, it's so stupid that, you know, people are just uncritically supporting the Israeli government right now. Like, people should be mad at the Israeli government. Yeah, and they the were actually protesting because
1: yeah. of all the people that got killed by Israeli bombs already. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, by the bombs. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're just like, yep, exactly. Not trying to do any type of way to get the hostages back. I mean, because you could you could be like, hey, we'll give you some of our prisoners if you give us your prisoners. But they're like, no, fuck you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so, those weren't,
0: so there have been multiple survivors and former hostages who have completely contradicted... The narrative that's out there about treatment of the hostages, and then you know who is responsible for for large numbers of these civilian dead.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting in the first like seventy two hours because it has it is still kind of like a fog of war. I still don't really know what Hamas did or did not do. Um, mm-hmm. Hamas did release a press conference, like all in English, perfect yeah. English, that I really recommend everyone to watch. It's pretty interesting to just see like the, the complete alternate reality than what we're being. Told by the entire corporate media apparatus, but I I do think it's worth a watch because they explain their side of the story. But it was interesting just the pressure on leftists and pro-Palestine activists and just advocates in the first 72 hours to condemn Hamas condemn hamas condemn hamas condemn hamas it's like why won't you
0: condemn saddam why won't you condemn gaddafi it's just like Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean that's i mean going back to like you know why did they create the 40 beheaded babies thing it's because without that and so what we know about the facts of the hamas Mm -hmm. raid right now okay let's say i mean you know those civilians wouldn't have died had hamas not invaded right so it, you, you know, you could say it is there. They were the cause of the collateral damage mm-hmm. because they invaded areas that had a lot of civilians. And then, you know, the civilians are dead because of this Hamas invasion. But if we look at what we know confirmed about the Hamas attack and the number of casualties and all that, if you look at just the facts, uh, it's nowhere near the kind of shit that Israel does to Gaza. You know, the, right. the the civilian the amount of civilian casualties when they do a military attack on, on Hamas, it's still still nowhere near. So to be able to generate the hysteria and the, the sympathy and all the stuff that they needed, you know, it, it wouldn't really make sense to just be completely honest about what happened so far, because then people will be like, well, that's nothing compared to what Israel does to Palestinians on a daily basis. Um, so, of course, they had to uh, make it Hamas is ISIS and anyone who supports Palestine Supports ISIS, basically. And that's what the narrative was for all of the pro-Palestine demonstrations that started taking place, is that these are pro-Hamas demonstrations. I mean, that's what all of the media said, in the UK, in the US. And there was such an effort Don't to do Don't forget down...
1: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Yeah, she even fell for Disgusting. it. Disgusting. And denounced the protests in New York as, as anti-Semitic, which is uh, horrible. Um, Sick. And so much so that even France uh, out banned pro-Palestine demonstrations. Um, Germany, I think, banned the pro-Palestine demonstration. Even here in the U.S., all, all the uh, many of the organizers in cities around the country dealt with police telling them they could not have the demonstration because of violence and support for violence. Uh, city governments... Uh, coming out against them, city officials, uh, you know, AOC being one. I mean, of course, if AOC is coming out against them, obviously even the more reactionary politicians are also. So there is a, they created a really intense climate saying, if you go out and demonstrate now, you are supporting Hamas massacre of Jewish children. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's essentially the way that everything was painted. Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised I thought that this would have a massive chilling effect I mean when I saw the like I mean we were still in in route driving here and so we stopped at a hotel and it was like late at night when we got to this one hotel and all seeing what was on the TVs in the hotels like in the lobby and stuff it was like oh damn like this is going to be a big this is going to be a hard time for activists just like right after 9-11 it was a very difficult time for anti-war activists Mm -hmm. um the despite the fact that there is this idea that if you went out and supported Palestine, you were supporting Hamas beheading babies. Yeah, That chilling effect, the fact that there is just widespread censorship and banning of accounts promoting stuff, the fact that city government, the state repression of cities trying to shut down protests and all that stuff, the Israelis being super juiced up and mobilized and saying that they're going to attack and sending death threats and threats of violence to everyone organizing. The demonstrations that have happened in the past week for Palestine are bigger than they were in May 2021. And May, 2021 were the biggest ever in history. So somehow Israel went from having its peak support and sympathy to just in a matter of days through their actions, uh, rallying even more support for Palestine than ever, than we've ever seen, which is incredible. I mean, it's the one in the horror of all this. It's like, it's, it's also showing that even when Israel has maximum support, uh, and just like an event that they can garner maximum sympathy from, they're still uh, losing the narrative and losing support overall.
1: And it was pretty grotesque, Mike, and and I'm sure it still is unfolding this way across corporate media. But during the height of the propaganda, when, Really, everyone was just mindlessly repeating beheaded babies and mass rape and stuff. Um, you know, you would have Palestinians being invited, the token Palestinian, after you have Israeli spokespeople just justifying genocide, essentially greenlighting it, and then you would have like one Palestinian guy being invited on after just a slew of Israeli officials, and like the immediately they would just be like, why didn't you condemn Hamas? Like, especially this one guy, uh, it's a horrific interview. A guy lost six of his own family members. This was on October 9th. His cousin, children, and his family, because we know that they carpet bomb neighborhoods. About
0: 45 family lines have been completely Mm -hmm. wiped out. So 45 last names that no longer have any surviving members.
1: Yeah, and, and on BBC, this woman is just like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. She's like, but why won't you condemn Hamas? And it's just like, you are a sick... Fucking bastard, dude! How how could you possibly do that to someone who lost so much of their family? Um, Nora Erakat, an amazing Palestinian woman, was on like CNN or something, and you know they were just like, why why won't Palestinians like protest peacefully? Like, why do you think Hamas did this? And she was just like, you guys have ignored our Palestinians' peaceful protests for decades. Like, Palestinians have the most vibrant peaceful protest movement in the world. I mean, look at the Great March of Return. She was saying that. And then the woman's answer was just like, so you support what Hamas did. I mean, it was just, it's just mind numbing the line of questioning. I don't know if they, if they have to do that, like to keep their jobs or if they just are true believers in empire and, and, um, and, like what israel represents to the american empire as its junior collaborator it's super distressing to watch like it gives me so much anxiety and then i have like guilt because i have anxiety about it thinking like wow and then people are just in gaza dealing with this but i just i just wanted to talk about the propaganda before we get into what israel has done because it's just it's just never ending. I mean it's endless. Like for example, all of the hostages that are being held right now, like is the Israeli government was reaching out to people on social media. We know that they have connections all over TikTok and Instagram and Israeli ministers demand that pro-Palestine content is taken down all the time for so-called hate speech. But they even went one step further and like released a statement to basically all Jewish people saying you need to have your children delete all of their apps. Because Hamas terrorists are going to start executing like hostages on TikTok, I like live streaming them, and for our mental
0: health, don't look at TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, like you have, may have s- your kids delete them like because so it's like people are going to see what's yeah. coming out, which is videos from Gaza. Yeah, and all from you see is videos from
1: Gaza of of parents holding dead babies and pulling dead babies out of the wreckage, bloodied children, lifeless corpses being. Dug out of the rubble. That's what you see over and over again. Neighborhoods reduced to rubble. That's what you see on social media. And so they know that they've lost the narrative a long time ago with the youth. You look at polling somehow. Um, the older you get, the more allegiance that you have to Israel. And I think it's, it's kids that are on social media just seeing the onslaught, seeing with their own eyes. Mike, you can't hide this shit. This is the reality, you know. And so that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. Israel's yeah, like, desperate to maintain, desperate to maintain the lies, but people are—it's unraveling very quickly. Yeah,
0: Israel had such—all of a sudden had controlled the narrative so much that they were like, "Oh, now we get to go mask off and just be how we want to be, unrestrained by public opinion." And so, like, the whole world is like, "Do whatever you got to do, man." And then, and then after a few days, they're like, "Wait, wait, wait! Actually." You know, it's like oh, like they were so giddy to do like their final solution yeah. that they even started horrifying like staunch supporters who were like, we were like, oh, like I, I knew you had to get revenge, but man, maybe you're taking it a little too far. Like, I think one thing that's even gotten mainstream attention, which is very good, is the fact that Israel ordered half of the Gaza Strip to evacuate to the south, to the southern half. Which is like a million, a million plus people saying, "If you don't want to die, like get out of the north of the Strip." So you have to evacuate south, which is like an impossible task on its own, and also just, just insane. Um, but then they started bombing the convoys of civilians leaving on the Israeli order. Israel says, "Go south," and they, and so in one, they killed, they bombed a convoy, and they killed seventy people including lots of children, of people who were doing exactly what Israel said, which is go to the border. And you can see footage of the convoy
1: before it was bombed. It's literally just like
0: kids. A bunch of kids in the back of a truck. Yeah. Yeah. And then so that got some cover. And then, of course, Israel came out and said, oh, actually, like Hamas planted an IED in the road and blew up all the people, which is like obviously completely false. It's
1: insane. And you have like NBC foreign correspondent Richard Engel just being like, you look at his timeline. And it's just like, Israel says this, Israel says that, Israel says this. He's the one who I heard that from, being like, Israel says that Hamas booby-trapped the aid escape route. It's like, wow, what a fucking easy-ass job you have, dude. You just repeat, you just get a press release from the Israeli government every day, and you just report it as news. Um, Yeah, yeah, Mike, and let's go back to that siege on Gaza, that, that titan, because I think people who are listeners of ours already know that Gaza is completely controlled by an Israeli siege that has been getting worse every year, that already potable water is very minimal. Um, you know They already ha- basically are drinking contaminated water. Their fuel is controlled. They already said they're going to put Gaza, people from Gaza on a diet, that they don't want uh, mass starvation, but they just want people on the brink of starvation. This has been a policy in place for many, many years but that was completely cut off. I think that this really needs to be stressed because now the humanitarian crisis is more deadly than the bombing itself, according to our colleagues on the ground. Um, this was on October 9th that they cut off all electricity, all food, all fuel, which already like if you just have a critical mind, don't you think that that's weird? Like, Because we're told all the time it's kind of like... Um, alluded that like gaza is its own country and that hamas is like the the government of gaza and they're just attacking israel and but it's like well israel clearly controls everything that's going on there because if they have the ability to cut off electricity food and fuel and water then don't you think that that's strange that they like totally control what's going on there so it is it is shocking that they did this and when the israeli defense minister ordered this to happen mike he said quote we are fighting human animals and we will act Accordingly, yeah, and it's been how many days since then? It's been it's been almost a week. Yeah, since
0: they did that. Yeah, and the the fact that there's no water, like Gaza does not have its own source of water. The only water it can get in is through the border, and they're out of water now. I mean, if you cut off water in less than a week, all the water is gone for the civilian population. Uh, you can't you can only survive a couple days without water. Um, if you're in good health, uh, if you're someone who, so the fact that there's Dialysis no water, like right or, now, the fact mm-hmm. that there is no water um, for Israel and Israel has said, tried to be like, oh, we're just at war with, you know, like they're saying both talking out of both mm-hmm. sides of their mouth. Um, but the fact that they're trying to let the U.S. say, oh, this is just about Hamas going we let humanitarian aid in and Israel. Israel's just at war with Hamas, not at war with the people of Gaza uh, cutting off water is only going to impact civilians, and they know it. Hamas has enough fucking water to to endure what's coming. They're underground. They're ready for an Israeli invasion. They got food and water and weapons and ammunition stocked up. Israel knows that. Cutting off the water is not going to hurt Hamas and the resistance fighters that are waiting for Israel to invade at all. They know that cutting off water is only going to kill civilians. Babies, infants. Right now, there's 37,000... Pregnant women in Gaza who are going to give birth in the next month or so, right? What, how do you have, no, if you have no water and you're nine months pregnant? Or you have a newborn, you know, how many there's like there's a dozen or so babies born every day in Gaza right now through all of this. So just imagine in normal Formula, circumstances, if you're just yeah, if normal, you circumstances, if you're just fucking sitting around your house and you don't have water, that's one thing. But if you're in a hospital, if you're giving birth, if you're pregnant, if you're elderly, if you have any health condition, it's like that the lack of water itself, you know, as we're being told, could kill more people than than the bombs. And I think and, and you know, you have Biden saying, oh uh well, it, his statements actually horrific the fact that biden once once it the it became apparent the really catastrophic civilian toll like then at, the rhetoric from the biden administration changed from like you do whatever the fuck you got to do we stand with you to like oh we're going to ensure humanitarian aid biden described it as you know we're going to Ease the humanitarian consequences of Hamas's attack. Of Hamas, you know, like all the people, the no water. I mean, that's just the humanitarian consequence of what Hamas did. It's Uh, it's insane, and even said it was like akin to the Holocaust would happen. But anyways, um, so uh, and the thing is, is all of these pledges from biden to be like we're gonna make sure that aid gets whatever no aid has gotten in at the time of this recording no because they keep bombing yeah, yeah they they they're bombing bomb the border. Rafa
1: right. like four times already yeah the rafa crossing yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no there's no nothing has gotten there's nothing getting in it's all bullshit so this promise of oh we're gonna make sure aid gets in it's like mm, well you're not making sure aid gets in they don't have any that's gone yeah
1: and and mike when naftali bennett the previous pri- you know there's been like seven prime ministers yeah. that are just cycling through this guy's a- total genocidal maniac, fascist, yeah. just unabashed Nazi. He was asked, some anchor had the audacity to ask him, what about babies who are actually in the ICU, NICU, right in hospitals? And he was like, what is wrong with you? I mean, we should actually just play the clip yeah, because sure. this shit is fucking wild, yeah, dude. Yeah, pull it up for me. This shit is wild, man.
5: Uh, and what about those Palestinians in hospital who uh, are on life support and babies and in incubators, whose uh, life support and incubator will have to be turned off because the Israelis have cut the power to Gaza. Are you seriously keep on asking me about Palestinian civilians? What's, What's wrong with you? Have you not seen what happened? We're fighting Nazis. We don't target them. Now, the world can come and bring them anything they want. If you want to bring them electricity, I'm not going to feed electricity or water to my enemies If anyone else wants That's fine We're not responsible this is, for this. This is the point but but you I No, no, Mr. I, I ben, tell I've heard you enough No, no, I understand no, I, I've We're I've trying to have a conversation here Listen, this no, is my you're, program you're, you're This is my show idea. And I am asking the questions You're raising your voice And I've asked you And we've already We've already stopped. please And let me finish We've already distinguished Between Hamas I want to tell you You're trying to speak We no. not Shame on you. It's nothing I'm about the, shame. I, I We're trying Prime to have Minister. a conversation about a very serious situation because, here and you are refusing you to address it. Over-
0: well, he wasn't really refusing to address it. He was saying we we want we we want to hurt the civilians. <laughs> wasn't that <laughs> incredible
1: how, how arrogant he, he is? He was like so disgusted with the anger that he brought up baby how dare you bring up babies and in incubators, you sick madman. We can do whatever we want. I mean, it really that really reveals. He's a also lot, being lying, like,
0: hey, the rest of the world can bring them whatever we want, but yeah. we're not going to like feed and clothe them. And it's just like, well, no, you're you prevent you're preventing anyone from getting any aid in. You blockaded the country; it's under siege. No one can get water, and no one can get electricity. in.
1: I mean, it really, I think it really speaks volumes about where. Well, that's mainstream Israeli
0: opinion, too. I mean, this guy, he's not an outlier. He was the former prime minister, and he is an extremely popular figure. I mean, there's no—I mean, the vast, vast, vast majority of Israeli society is 100% on this guy's side. I mean, that's why he talks like that. I mean, that's how they talk in Israeli media. Well, It's like whenever they're on, like, British or American media, they completely change. I mean, so he was just being—he was just being who he was— uh, in Western media, which normally they put on a different face or have different mm-hmm. spokespeople to appeal to like, to like lie and create a different opinion. But this is what, this is the kind of shit they, they say internally, constantly.
1: And I mean, they're doing this kind of stuff when no Israelis die. So like the fact that Israelis died, the mask became ripped off and right. thrown away. They were just like, how dare you question us? We're going to do whatever we want. And to actually, <laughs> to actually call your enemies Nazis when you are mimicking What happened in the Holocaust? I mean, is there any, like, the the projection is so strong with what Israel is doing to people in Gaza, it's sick. I mean, starving them out, 2.3 million people starving them out, denying them water, water and electricity. It would be crazy enough to do that, but then to indiscriminately bomb a caged population on top of that. I mean, just reverse roles. If it were Jews, if it were white people, the anti-Arab racism that makes this okay and justified in any sense of the word is, is beyond comprehension to me, Mike. The fact that 2.3 million, we know that a lot of Christian Palestinians exist too. And so the fact that that many people are just sitting in a cage, not being able to drink water, babies, formula, people on dialysis. This is sick. This is genocidal. And, and it's a holocaust. It's a fucking holocaust.
0: Yeah. And it's it's not just indiscriminate bombing. It's like, because they've always done indiscriminate bombing. They've never had a death toll this high, uh, never had this many children killed, um, even when the onslaughts went on for longer. The amount of they've dropped more bombs on Gaza, which is, you know, a two mile long strip uh, than all, all the U.S. bombing on Afghanistan in an entire year, which is, you know, 20 times the size or, or more, uh, it's 100 something times the size of, of Gaza. Uh, and you know, Gaza is the most densely populated place on the planet. Um, and you know, the, also like the 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 not like we're fighting Nazis. Like the, um, Biden's even Biden's thing was like, this is an anti-Semitic attack. These are people who just want to kill Jews, and they went in because they're hell bent on just massacring Jews. You know, like the fact that that could be the context of this versus like. <laughs> We're basically in a state of war. We are blockade. We're like kept trapped in this place. And this enemy army is killing us like every single day. And like the provocations that led up to the Hamas assault is nuts. I mean, settlers were massacring Palestinians Mm -hmm. all over the West Bank. They were attacking the Al-Aqsa Mosque, preventing people from going and praying constantly. I mean, like the provocations were absolutely nuts leading up to this and to just act like, Oh, this is just going in because they're anti-Semitic versus like they are a people fighting for liberation, fighting for freedom, fighting against a, you know, an oppressor, a colonizing settler oppressor. Um, and I, I think also, you know, before we get, i just really quickly just, because I just remembered it. It's now that the focus has been on Gaza, the settlers in the military and the West bank, have gone on a mass punishment campaign also. So since uh, October 7th, um, at least more than 40 Palestinians in the West Bank have been murdered by Israeli settlers, including at least 16 children uh, have been killed by soldiers and settlers. And so that, you know, of course all the focus is on Gaza for obvious reasons, but, um, you know, the the settlers have taken advantage of this and several villages in the West Bank have been completely ethnically cleansed by settlers, where it was all of the Arab population was was, uh, attacked, shot, and kicked out at the barrel of a gun. And so the settlers have taken over more uh, Arab villages, you know, as part of their, you know, you know, ethnic cleansing campaign. Uh, and so, and the Israeli military, of course, has just laid total siege to all of these um, refugee camps and stuff in the West Bank as well. And, uh, you know, and, and, but going back to Gaza, it's like, not only are they dealing with the lack of supplies, like electricity, water, and the bombing and everything, but also Israel's as they've done before, they're just targeting all the trauma doctors. And so if you're a a surgeon or a doctor in Gaza, like you are an assassination target. And so some of the best and most important, like like the top burn doctor who like treats burns, which of course is a common thing when you have a lot of bombing on your country, uh, you know, they assassinated him uh, and his family.
1: Right. I mean, I think that that's a really important point, Mike, is the war crimes that just continue to compound The fact that Israel is allowed to, like, everyone's like, oh, Israel's so humane. They issue evacuation orders before they bomb somewhere. Okay, that's, like, putting aside the insanity of just thinking that that is, like, okay to just render (laughs) hundreds of thousands of people homeless. Which, by the way, our producer for Gaza Fights for Freedom, who chose to remain redacted for the film because he didn't want to be targeted Mm -hmm. by Israel, his home was completely obliterated. ...by Israeli airstrikes. He and his family are homeless. As we speak, they are homeless. Um, But aside from that, the fact that Israel continues to tell hospitals in Gaza... ...to evacuate hospitals that are treating hundreds of wounded people... ...doing emergency surgeries, pregnant women with complications... ...I mean, all the people who are currently housed in whatever remaining hospitals are left... Israel is ordering them to evacuate so it can bomb them, so it can bomb the hospitals. And Western countries just think that this is totally fine to do. And all of the doctors are dying. Um, according to um, Ghassan Abu Siddha, this is, I think it's someone in Gaza, I'm not exactly sure. He, he talks about how the Israelis killed our colleague and our doctor with 30 of his family members when they targeted his home. Like you said, they know where these people's homes are. There's a huge surveillance grid all over Gaza. They know exactly what building they are bombing. He was um, a lovely man. He had been, this man knew him since the 2009 war. And basically, um, this Burns doctor worked the last seven days straight throughout the entire week, went home to see his family, and he was killed alongside of them in an airstrike at their house.
0: So they waited for him to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking yeah. crazy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, part of the the media controlling this narrative too, I mean, even though they've had to issue retractions and report on certain Israeli war crimes, I mean, I, I haven't watched it, but everyone I've talked to who said they're watching cnn right now it's just wall to wall it's israeli after israeli after israeli after it's just that so it's like yes like they sneak in a retraction here Mm -hmm. or there um but it's complete and then the the liberal cable outlet msnbc they took fucking their three muslim uh anchors uh and hosts off the air and these and these were like medi hassan was one of them two other guys, their names escape me. Uh, but they, these aren't like radical guys. I mean, they were of course saying, you know, good things, but they're also saying bad things too. I mean, things that I I thought, you know, where they were definitely bending over backwards to be like, mm. Hey, I'm saying all the stuff I got to say, I'm condemning Hamas, I'm condemning, uh, you know, at the, this, the attack that they did and all this stuff. But, you know, just because there's some little bit of, of, uh, truth that gets in there, um, and I, one of them, maybe he didn't even say anything, but he was just taken off the air because he was Muslim. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the fact that cable media is just basically um, just doing whatever Israel says in terms of what they're reporting, and then, hey, these people might be a little too sympathetic, so you better take them off the air.
1: Yeah, and there has been some truth eked out, I think by um, Ari or whatever one of the Muslim or one of the one of the Arab anchors, and so they had to kick his ass out. But yeah, I mean, what we're seeing just trickle out on social media is probably like, I mean, I can't even imagine watching wall-to-wall coverage of any of these news outlets like Nora Ericott said she said you know right before I came on I mean it was a miracle they even allowed her on but before she did come on it was just an Israeli military spokesperson talking about the operation
0: yeah they should have a Hamas military spokesperson on. yeah can you you imagine
1: can you imagine having a Hamas military spokesperson on I mean it's just it's just unbelievable that this is so-called journalism yeah, just and, having uncritical Israeli military spokespeople talk about the military operation to wipe out Hamas. Yeah,
0: and you know they um, apparently what they're doing is they're they're they are letting some people on Palestinians who are good, but then they will not republish. So you know, like every interview they do, it airs live, and then they put it on their website and stuff like that. So Nira Erikot, she said that her interview they won't post no by CBS. No way, AB, uh, no um, way. ABC refused to post Muhammad al-Kurd's interview. CNN refused to post Youssef Munir's interview. So like really prominent um, Arab and Palestinian commentators who actually get on cable media. Then they scrub the fucking interview once they're like, oh, these people went well. And then other people like Omar Badar, who's who's great as well. Um, he's saying that he's will get booked. And then at the very last minute, they'll be like, hey, what well, what are you going to say And then he'll tell them and they'll be like, actually, we can't accommodate you anymore. And so now that they let, they tried to have, you know, give the appearance of, oh, we're having both sides on, although one side gets 99% of the coverage, then they've let people on and then Palestinians are actually really good at talking about what's happening. And so they scrub the interview once it airs live and now they're just not booking them anymore because they've been like, oh shit, we're, we can't find someone who's bad to have on. (laughs) And, And
1: check this out. I, I just DM would you on Instagram let's let's check out Muhammad al-Kurd who is absolutely the most amazing guy on the planet obsessed with him um, check out the mistake they made letting this guy on and of course didn't publish the interview actually cut it he ha- he had to like screen record it live I'm pretty sure to get this
6: now uh, we're seeing these protests all around the world
0: from Arab communities and Muslim communities, uh, angry, sad at what they're seeing.
6: Can you just give us a sense of the depth of feeling? What, why people are coming out in their numbers? I think the protest that we're witnessing today in Amman, for instance, is one of the biggest I certainly have ever seen. Just give us a sense of how people feel about what's
5: <laughs> going on. How do
1: you on. feel
5: about the genocide? Absol- I mean, people, people are devastated. We are talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of lives millions of families that are experiencing war millions of people who have lost it. entire families have been wiped off of the public record by the israeli regime in the past 7 days people are devastated people are afraid for their loved ones and it's just not it's not just arabs and muslims this is not just arabs and muslims this is all people of good conscience around the world rising up against war against genocide against escalation this is um this is what's happening. And if you've been looking at any Western media, UK, USA, in the past one week, you'll see images of Palestinian children murdered by the Israeli regime with headlines that will suggest that these are Israeli children. You'll see images of Palestinian residential buildings um being bombarded and blown to bits with headlines that suggest that these are Israeli buildings suffering terrorism. There is manufacturing consent happening all over the world, but I have faith that people are not idiots people can tell the truth when they see it i mean the images speak for themselves i just want journalists around the world to do their jobs we're not asking anybody a favor we're just asking people to be truthful
1: we saw even like justin bieber sharing i mean people like just oh yeah bieber justin bieber and... bieber
0: and um what's her name the uh, halloween I... woman
1: who's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> was was in say halloween Sigourney I... weaver but that's not no her.
0: no <laughs> i know uh fuck she was in uh
1: Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis diehard. Um but yeah, she was sharing images from Her Gaza. Her and Bieber were yeah. like stand with Israel from, yep. and,
0: or like yep. we mourn the losses in Israel and it's just photos yep. of Gaza. Yeah. Bieber did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very fun. Very.
1: Um but there's so many dead kids coming out of Gaza that there's actually like hundreds of babies. I'm sorry. There are dozens of babies who are the sole survivors of mm-hmm bombings of homes so you have a ton of babies who have not been named there's like 101 babies so far and this was a couple days ago so i'm sure that there's many more than this Mm -hmm. this was actually three or four days ago already 101 babies three or four days ago mike that have no family to claim them because their entire families are dead
0: we're just pulled out of rubble and
1: they have no idea who these babies are and as someone who has an eight-month-old child it is hard to wrap your mind around that yeah it is really hard to wrap your mind around that crazy so mike um you mentioned the bombing of actual convoys that were escaping from the north to the south i think this is a really just shocking example of the the atrocities that are being committed i mean just blatant egregious war crimes after another i mean bombing refugees that you demand to evacuate is just beyond the pale and that's exactly what's happening They told a million people to flee from one side of Gaza to the next, so you know you have thousands of people just aimlessly walking, and bombs being dropped on them. You have UN shelters being bombed, the last morsels of aid. Yeah, they bombed the United
0: Nations uh, aid warehouse. Aid warehouses. There's like
1: dozens of like UN workers that have been killed as as quote unquote collateral damage in these bombings, Um, and and it was a trick. I mean, people have said, like, we knew, I mean, the people who didn't flee were just like, we'd rather die in our homes because we have nowhere to go. And, of course, they're all all being called human shields because it's like, well, they're telling you to evacuate, evacuate. It's like, where are they going to go, dude? There's nowhere to go. There's people sleeping in the street. There's hundreds of people sleeping in the streets of southern Gaza because they don't have anywhere to go. And so a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people stayed in the North, including our colleague who is there right now, giving me detailed reports of what is happening. We have three contacts on the ground. One of them is Ahmed Arptema, the organizer of the Great March of Return. One of them is the producer that wants to remain redacted. And another one is our videographer from from Gaza Fights for Freedom. And they're all sending us real-time reports of what is going on. They're charging their phones with like people have like solar batteries and stuff that they're able to charge their phones because electricity has been cut for several days and that is how their phones are operating so far the internet is still operating and and they don't know how much longer that's going to be allowed because that's how we're seeing all of this carnage unfold and we know that israel wants to shut that down very soon um so as of right now after that after everyone fleed they have of course been carpet bombing every day they bomb at night that's what our, our producer said. He said, every night they, they bomb and every night is like hell because they, we know that that's when they're going to carpet bomb us. And so they relentlessly bombard the entire area. And it's not just the North that they're bombing. They're also bombing the South, which is where they told people to flee. They're bombing markets. They're bombing UN shelters. They're bombing schools. Dozens and dozens of people are dying every day. Um, But again, the humanitarian crisis is increasing to the point where uh, all the water is contaminated and people are starting to drink that. And so people are going to be dying in mass very soon because of the lack of water. It's been well over 72 hours now, Mike, that there's been no water and no water reserves left. So according to our videographer, um collie. yeah because like
0: right now yeah there's no water so people are drinking dirty water now right. and they're all going to get sick right in the next they're all you know, get 24 sick. hours and then what happens when you have a bunch of very sick people who have who, you know the impact of drinking dirty water is you have symptoms that make you extremely dehydrated and mm-hmm. in need of actual water
1: so this is what our videographer said just hours ago he said i am still in the north because he said he you know a lot of people refuse to evacuate because it's it's They don't want, it's just like humiliation at that point to just be ordered by Israeli authorities to just aimlessly wander the other side of your region and then just be bombed in the streets. So people are just like, I'd rather be in my homes and die where I know, which is my home. A lot of people's parents refuse to leave. I mean, it's just such a devastating situation. So he says, yes, I am still in the North. All of the people are here. And even those who left for the South have gradually began to return. And I think because of that reason, Mike, because they're realizing we're going to get killed either way. Mm -hmm. He said the frequency of border shelling has decreased slightly, and the bombing of homes continues in all regions. They are now focusing the bombing on the southern regions, and the regional and Israeli political situation is reflected on the ground. International media pressure and exposing crimes have embarrassed Israel temporarily, and the humanitarian situation due to the cuts in water, electricity, food, and medicine has become more deadly than the bombing. People here have started drinking contaminated water. Cellular communications are almost cut off as electricity continues to be cut off. People depend on places powered by solar to charge their phones. And then he says this, which is, I just want people to wrap their minds around this. There is a disaster in the rescue equipment used by civil defense personnel to extract victims from under the rubble of their homes. In the central regions, so all of the center of Gaza, There are those who remain trapped under the rubble for at least three days and perhaps more, and there are hundreds of victims who are still stuck under the rubble and cannot be taken out due to the large amount of rubble and bombing, or because they're in border areas and everyone who tries to rescue them is bombed. I mean, hundreds of people potentially alive, trapped under rubble, and you cannot rescue them because you will be targeted and bombed if you try to rescue the victims. This is a totally insane example of the Hasbro operation that is just unquestioningly repeated let just laid bare on mainstream media where people like Anderson Cooper let this propaganda go unchecked. Just check out how heinous this is Mike
0: The Israeli uh, government has uh, has warned residents in Gaza to move south. Um, wanting more than a million to move south over the next 24 hours. There's a number of humanitarian organizations that say that's impossible. Uh, Hamas has told people not to move. What To you, what does that say about Hamas and why they want people there?
6: First of all, I think that the people who claim that it's impossible will be proven wrong. Uh, I think that history teaches us that whenever a person is fighting for his life, and is in a mortal danger, then usually people are able to accomplish quite significant things. And I think that Palestinians in Gaza understand that if they stay in Gaza City in the north, they are endangering themselves much more than necessary, and it is within their interest of self-preservation to move south of the Gaza River.
1: Let's turn this. I mean, I can't I can't listen to Anderson Cooper anymore, but I think that what was most telling about this is not what the Israeli spokesperson was saying. That's like standard practice. But Anderson Cooper's line of questioning, which is Hamas is telling everyone to stay put, Mike. Why would they do this?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, they want everyone to be human shields. Right. And also, where is Hamas telling people to not leave? Like what do you it's the Palestinian. (laughs) It's like just stripping agency of Palestinians and just treating them like mindless drones, Mm -hmm. like one giant hive mind. Um, yeah. when really I'm speaking to Palestinians myself who are there saying a, right. Their yeah, elderly family yeah. can't <laughs> right. B hundreds of thousands have fled and C there's nowhere to go and they're bombing the convoys. And right. so a lot of them are returning saying I'd rather
0: die in my yeah. home. Right. So fuck you Anderson bullshit. Cooper. And, and then in reality, of course, which would never be reported by Anderson Cooper is, uh, things like what happened on October 11th, where the red crescent, which is, you know, the red cross, but the Muslim version, um, they actually asked permission of Israel to, can we please send a medical team into an area that you just bombed? And Israel said, yes, we give you permission to enter to rescue people in this area. And then they bombed them and then they bombed the red crescent and they killed like all of the, the medical workers. Um, there's video of it. I mean, this was uh, October 11th that, that this happened. And so it's, you know, it, what you heard that guy saying that fucking Israeli military official or whatever, you know, they just completely lie. I mean, when they're on American media, they just completely lie. and Being like, oh, no, we're, we we want to protect the civilians and that's why they need to leave. Uh, you know, they're not saying that on Israeli media at all. They're just saying it because they're saying it to Anderson Cooper, who's running propaganda. Yeah, and Anderson Cooper,
1: n- I mean, is he brain dead or does he not realize that there's nowhere to go and that they've bombed the Rafa crossing and that there's nowhere to go in the South and that they're bombing convoys? I mean, how stupid you have to be. You you are complicit. You're complicit in genocide at that point. You are a propagandist with blood on your hands, and we will never forget because the lessons from the Iraq War were never learned. And these people are criminals. They're yeah. criminal
0: accomplices. Yeah, and I think I think the word genocide is being used a lot now. In past Gaza wars, it was always like the Gaza massacre. You know, mm-hmm. stop the Gaza massacre. So many people were being, uh, families were being killed, and all that. Uh, this what's what appears to be happening, and I think we can get into what maybe we expect to happen, uh, fits within the the legal definition of genocide. If Israel is going to take this opportunity to do what they've long wanted to do in Gaza, which is take over all of Gaza. I mean, they were trying to conquer all of Gaza. It was under military occupation. Settlements were everywhere in Gaza. Checkpoints were everywhere in Gaza. They were conquering it just like they're doing the West Bank, but they were kicked out in 2005. Um, you know, they their long-term strategy was never to just let Gaza be tortured forever and blockaded, uh, but it was always to go back and, you know, take it back over. They see it as Israel, they don't they don't think it belongs to Palestinians. And even the Israeli, one of the Israelis that you interviewed in that uh, now famous video, you know, you ask him about Gaza, and he's like, "It's not Gaza; it's Israel. We gave them part of Israel." Uh, so if this is going to be their opportunity to depopulate Gaza or depopulate a portion of Gaza, and all of this like move away from the north and go to the south where the Rafah crossing is, you know, as our as our uh, producer uh, on the ground there said that people are worried that they're all going to be told they have to go into Egypt and then live in refugee camps in Egypt. That's obviously a real concern for Palestinians there. Uh, You know, if, if that's their plan, even if it's to, to take over a portion of Gaza, I mean, that's, we're talking about a genocidal campaign of mass killing of people, wiping out of entire families, depopulation of areas um, and, and committing an ethnic cleansing through, through mass murder. Um, and so the stakes are so much higher now than than they have been in any other conflict in the Gaza War. Because other, other, other times where Gaza was being mercilessly bombed, there wasn't the danger of it actually getting to this point of depopulating it and killing massive, massive numbers of people far greater than, than they've done in the past, which uh, appears to be, you know, the fact that they're now just openly targeting... All people, all civil society, all civilian buildings. I mean, they're wiping out everything that Gaza is and its inhabitants. Um, and so what what could happen? I mean, the thing is, is that Israel's been saying for days, and, you know, whenever this comes out, obviously things will have changed in the, the day or two it takes to turn this around. Israel has been saying it is about to invade Gaza. Uh the obvious every israel has done increasingly worse in every time they face hamas and resistance fighters on the battlefield every time they invade gaza every subsequent invasion they take way more casualties and are humiliated way more so you you got to expect that they don't really want uh to do it um but you know they Right, what's happening right now is just total bloodlust revenge, right? Israel and Israeli society is saying, our people were killed, our people were killed. We need to, we need to murder a bunch of Palestinians. And so, of course, this huge death toll now and targeting of civilians is literally just to be like, we're getting our, uh, we're getting our revenge. Seymour Hirsch put out an article that is uh, paywalled, but we got a, a copy through the paywall. Um, it's, it's hard to know if this is accurate. I mean, you know, I don't just, you don't know if you can always trust Seymour Hirsch's stuff, but, um, he has an insider that's telling him that the Israeli command cannot trust their infantry. They're inexperienced. They're scared. They, you know, they aren't capable of actually doing anything substantial on the battlefield. And so the plan to eliminate Hamas, who is, you know, buried deep underground in tunnels. That's where all their weapons are. That's where they are. They're hiding out underground uh, and they're preparing for an Israeli invasion, which, of course, when Hamas launched the attack on October 7th, they probably assumed that there was going to be an Israeli invasion. And probably that is part of the trap uh, to get Israel to invade and then fuck them up on the battlefield, as they have done in the past. Um so this source for Seymour Hersh was saying that the Israeli command knows that their infantry is not capable, even though they've called up three hundred thousand reservists. He's like, these people are not capable of fighting on the ground, and so the carpet bombing is just like the first phase, and then they're going to drop like bunker bustle, bunker buster miss, missiles that go deep underground and crater all of Gaza to to take out Hamas by just bombing deep underground with these like massive like Moab style weapons uh, like was used in Afghanistan. Um, So that's one possible, I mean, it's feasible uh, and it's possible that this is a legit source that their plan is to just actually not invade because they're too cowardly and weak to do it and that they're just going to drop like these insanely huge munitions that can penetrate underground and just uh, eviscerate basically everything there. Um, but you know, there could be an invasion. I mean, we don't, we don't really know what's coming. I think that, I don't know, Abby, if you have thoughts or ideas on it. I mean, I think that the urgency now is that there's a genocide in the works and unprecedented civilian deaths, uh, that, that the U S government is just continuing to enable and, and do nothing about.
1: Yeah, well, let's just read some quotes from Seymour Hersh's article because I do believe that this is what Israeli um, insiders have told him, Israeli high up politicians that right. he has contacts with. He says, um,
0: "Why would but why would Israel like why would any mm. Israeli high up politicians like like Seymour Hersh and like disagree?" I don't know. I mean, there's
1: factions. I mean, ev- I don't know. I mean, all I know is that they're all psychotic. All I know is that. Every story Seymour Hersh has broken is true. Okay. <laughs> like I believe everything that he's reported, including okay. the Nord Stream bombing. And uh-huh. um, but according to him, he said that. So this is this is like you said. This is a long-term strategy. It's a plan that is now just being put into place. And you know, you you can also kind of. Pontificate about whether or not Israel knew that this was coming and wanted it as the justification to really carry out the their final solution and take back Gaza, because we know that they were they were really upset that they weren't able to do that and they had to retreat. Um, you know, two decades ago. So, okay. So, with the starved-out civilian population forced to leave, the Israeli operational plan calls for the air force to destroy the remaining structures and elsewhere in the north. Gaza City will be no more. As you mentioned, Mike, they're going to just completely level the entire area. And and this is corroborated even by um, Israelis who are just on the news. I mean, literally, an Israeli spokesperson said Gaza City will be no more. He said Gaza will just become tents. He said all the buildings will be gone. So this isn't like a hidden thing. I mean, I, mm, I compl- right. this is obviously out in the open. They're just saying this all over the media right now. Um and, and, you know, you just said that they're going to just drop these huge bombs, the Bunker Buster bombs, the, to flatten every single area where Hamas could be. I mean, we know that it's just going to be completely just everyone, every civilian infrastructure. Hamas is the government. So anything, any, I mean, every structure is not going to be like structures are going to be left. It's going to be everything. Um. And the mother of all bombs, you mentioned that that's also going to be used. This was just, this was used to obliterate entire areas of Afghanistan without question because we were told ISIS caves were there. Was that just used once? This was used in Afghanistan and, and no one questioned it because we were told like an ISIS cave was there. Or was that Bin Laden's cave? I forget. But uh, some ISIS command center. I mean, and so no one questioned it. We have no idea how many people died then. Um, It's just astounding. So apparently the mother of all bombs was sold to Israel in 2005. Wow. Allegedly for use against Iran. And a laser-guided version was authorized to sell to Israel during the Obama administration. And so... um, This is really interesting, too. An Israeli insider told Seymour Hersh that Netanyahu and his advisors understand that Hamas is dangerous like, quote, keeping a tiger as a pet, end quote. The current Israeli war planners are convinced that the upgraded version of the mother of all bombs is going to penetrate deep enough underground before detonating, um, resulting in basically killing everyone within a mile radius. The new Israeli plan of forced exit means, quote, at least the people would not all be killed, end quote. I mean, (laughs) wow. So the systematic destruction of the remaining buildings in Gaza City will start within days, which is what we're seeing now. And then he says, then the Israeli infantry is going to be assigned to mop up operations. So then searching out and killing those Hamas fighters. So the thing is, since they're terrified to go in, through a full-scale invasion because they've lost so many infantry people in the past because of just how cowardly and unprepared they are to actually fight a war. They're just going to completely level as much as they can and then go in and, and do then the drop the Moab. Well, the Moab's Moab the, yeah. it's,
0: it's the world's largest right. non-nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a it's basically a, a mini nuke. It just doesn't have a warhead. It's just like a massive explosion. So that's uh, yeah, so basically when they go mop up, it'll be after they have dropped these things where it it kills everything within a mile, including underground. Easy to
1: mop up after that, isn't it? Yeah, right. And then to all those who say, "Why? Well, Egypt has a border with Gaza. Why doesn't Egypt take them?" Well, that's the plan: is to force a million refugees into Egypt. And and when Israeli planners were asked by, I I, I guess within the inside circles of Israel, there there's factions that are saying, "Why would it, Egypt take a million refugees?" and this guy told Seymour Hersh when he asked the same thing. He said, "Because we have we have Egypt by the balls. They're gonna do whatever we tell them to." Wow. So for all the people who say, "Oh, Egypt is this sovereign country that's they're equally guilty for not taking in Gaza refugees and not helping Gaza," well, they're completely controlled by Israel, and this is Israel admitting as such. So I never mm-hmm. want to hear that again. Yeah, and also how does Corey Booker? Yeah. Did you see that shit where he was no. just like, he said like Nazis like 10 times in an interview about Hamas. I mean, it, the amount of like democratic so-called liberals mm-hmm. that have come out and just fomented this genocidal bloodlust against Palestinians. I mean, we, <laughs> I will never forget this. This is a turning point in the sand for, for everyone, for me, Biden is going down. Yeah. As, it's it's
0: like, it's crazy. This all this happening. Like, going into the 2024 election where everyone it's everyone's going to be bogged down in these lesser evil arguments. And it's like, it's it, this kind of puts in perspective, like how kind of pointless all of that shit is. Like who fucking cares? Like, yeah, I get, I get that. Like on domestic policy, there's going to be like, you know, probably better for Biden to win than Donald Trump and whatever. But like when it's, if, if both parties are be completely in lockstep about a a genocide in the works and green lighting it. it's like I don't you know I, I, like I'm not gonna no one should waste their time and let like lesser evil stuff and just dedicate your time to joining an organization that fights all these people and, you know, whether it's a pro-palestine organization or any other radical org that makes lives for uh politicians in washington difficult and challenges their power and all that i mean that's that's where the energy needs to be i mean to to get into like you know and it's crazy too is as all this started like biden's also posting like i just released this historic energy initiative to create you know forty thousand jobs in green energy and stuff like that and it's like who fucking cares dude fuck you (laughs) like i do not fucking care I mean, that's a, stu- it's like a lame ass plan anyway. Like, Oh wow. 40,000 jobs installing solar panels. That's not going to do shit anyway for the climate. But the fact that you have the audacity to like launch this big thing as you, after you just fucking greenlit a genocide, it's just, uh, it puts things in perspective again. And I hope, I hope it, uh, puts things in perspective for people as we head into the election. But yeah, I mean, you just sent me this other video. And we were talking about how, you know, uh, earlier we mentioned how there were thousands of, of Jewish activists outside the White House demanding a, a ceasefire. Um, there's also was a bill that was just introduced by like 13 of the progressives in Congress, like calling for a ceasefire, which like, you know, is good. Even though I think most of those people made pretty bad statements to uh, that didn't help the situation well, at all. Let's not
1: forget Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Right. Made a shit statement. Right. Blaming Hamas, 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 Hamas. Yeah. We have Um, no allies at all. Zero.
0: Here's a White House spokesperson when uh, someone asked about a ceasefire, which, you know, (laughs) knowing that fucking uh, over a thousand children have been killed and that Israel is targeting just civilians and aid workers and everything.
5: Uh, what is the president's message to
0: members of Congress who seem to be equating the Hamas terror attack with actions that were previously taken by Israel?
4: Look, here's the thing. And which 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 congressional members? Well,
0: there have been some members of Congress who
1: have called for a ceasefire and they have not gone as far as uh, backing the
0: administration's call for support for Israel.
4: So, look, uh, I've seen some of those statements this weekend, uh, and we're going to continue to be very clear. We believe they're wrong. Uh, We believe they're repugnant, and we believe they're disgraceful. Uh, Our our condemnation belongs squarely with terrorists who have brutally murdered, raped, kidnapped hundreds, hundreds of Israelis. Uh, There can be no equivocation about that. There are not two sides here. There are not two sides uh, president Biden has been clear on where he has stood. You heard him; you heard from him directly uh, today. You heard from him also on Saturday on this. There's been multiple statements from this president, uh, and he's taking action to provide additional support to ensure that Israel has the has what they need to defend themselves.
0: A well, part of the action Biden took is he moved two different U.S. Navy carrier groups uh, to the region, which you know isn't to provide direct bombing obviously but it's to ensure that Palestine fights alone I mean uh, Blinken went you know around the Middle East to like ensure that this doesn't become a regional conflict when they say that they mean that we want to make sure that Palestine fights alone I mean the world has abandoned Palestine I mean they that the fact that nobody really with the except which some small exceptions uh you know I think Iran Syria Lebanon have been able to provide some uh, weapons and some training um but the fact that they've been uh you know, abandon is, is, is part of the problem here. And so the, the they're not worried about a regional war. They're worried about uh the, what countries should do, which is come to the aid of the Palestinian people and help them fight Israel. Um, but the U.S. has positioned to make sure that that, that uh, cannot happen.
1: I mean, my blood is just boiling. It's like I don't even know what to say, honestly. It's just sick. It's sick. And to just be getting, like, live updates from our friends and colleagues there and every day they're just like, I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to die. And then to hear just Western politicians just call them human shields, just like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy that at this moment we are watching a a genocide take place that is fully happening because of the United States, a fanatical Nazi regime. That's not hyperbolic to call them Nazis anymore because that's what they are and they are gleeful about exterminating 2.2 million people the mask is completely ripped off and the western media is fully just acting as cheerleaders and completely complicit in what is going on i i it's hard to wrap your mind around mike because we've been covering this for so long and every previous assault on gaza has been of course tragic and horrific and every life is precious and every life has meaning and just to see so many lives destroyed and so many people murdered over just such a short amount of time and to know this is not even the beginning of what they are planning. What is coming next?
0: Yeah, I think I think the stakes are so high because in the previous uh, Gazette, Massacres is like it always kind of followed this same script where it'd be like it started getting really it'd be like how much could Israel get away with before there was enough like pressure to be like okay where the U.S. would be like hey guys maybe you should kind of like uh, rain it back a little bit you're kind of making us look bad is that a little too many uh dead babies photos going around like you know like there there'd always be this point where you knew you knew at some point they'd reach their max limit of civilian casualties and then it'd be like okay let's pull back and like go back to like the way things were uh there's a a high possibility that that's not not the situation we're dealing with now. It's that Israel has suffered their biggest loss that they have in their, uh, you know, that they ever have, uh, and that they're probably not going to have an opportunity like this again, and that they very much want to depopulate all of Gaza, not just for the revenge aspect of we need to just punish all of these people, but that's always been their goal, to just take it all over, and that they believe that. The, it it belongs to them, uh, and that it can only exist without Palestinians in it, um, right? And so, it, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's why the stakes are so high now. Is that we are possibly dealing with a situation where they say this is our opportunity to this is it kill a very large number and expel the rest, which is like the, the Nakba strategy, which they have been doing for the past 75 years. This is the Um,
1: moment that we've all another Nakba.
0: And that's why a lot of people, and that's what people in Gaza that we've been hearing um, are afraid of that. This is going to be another, another Nakba. Right. Um, So I think that's why the, the stakes are so high. I mean, there's a, it's very urgent for everyone to join whatever demonstrations are near them to put as much pressure on your public officials as you can. Um, And I mean, the the thing that's hard here, it's like, you know, it's back to this thing of everyone needing to condemn Hamas and, and all that stuff. It's like the um international law is completely ignored. Uh protests are, you know, are are disregarded and, and attacked. I mean that poli- it's like the few politicians that we have that maybe introduce this bill for a it's like s- buckle and like it's just like the the real hope for, for Palestine is is in the armed resistance.
1: I wanna talk about the insight from our colleague on the ground who actually speaks to that sentiment of what Palestinians in Gaza are thinking and feeling right now. Because he said, you know, every previous onslaught, yes, there's indiscriminate bombing. Yes, scores of civilians die. Callous, just disregard for human life. But it usually there were like Hamas buildings or, you know, affiliates or something that infrastructure that is affiliated with Hamas was targeted. And then it just didn't matter what civilians were there or around. And now it's completely different where just, it, it is just pure bloodlust and revenge where just like families and children and women are being targeted because they just want to kill them. Um, in the words of our colleague, they want the blood of children. I mean, it, it's really, really crazy and sadistic what they're doing uh, bombing hospitals <laughs> intentionally to to just to mass punishment the bait they, they are the ones throwing babies out of incubators um but he also made a really interesting comment about the sentiment of where palestinians minds are at in gaza which is before it was split the support for hamas
0: was split it was like denied or just stop shooting rockets, you know, you know. Yeah, like, like just that. stop like, ah, shooting why, rockets. Why do yeah. you have to shoot those rockets? Yeah. Now I'm for, for spending a you, weekend all Yeah, because you up. know
4: that
1: you could, your whole family could get killed if you're like near some, I don't know, like near like a media center or something just walking down the street. I mean, so a lot of people were split. He said now everyone is so, the, 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 everything's just changed where everyone's just like, we will give our I mean we will join the resistance now because of what's happening. Um, that's just his perspective but it, it it you know it really speaks to like there is a united a United a Gaza united, and yeah. everyone
0: is behind the armed resistance which of course is more than just the Hamas faction but right. you know everyone is uh, you know together.
1: Yeah, I mean the PFLP is allegedly like fighting as well. I mean there are are there's a mosaic of factions there. They take part. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not just it's not just the Islamic Jihad and Hamas. There there's communist factions. There's other factions there that are all they're they're all engaged in this resistance right now, Mike. Um, And yeah, I mean we have to put our bodies on the line. I think what Jewish activists are doing is heroic. That's what we need. We need sit-ins. We need demonstrations. We need people that are not giving up. We need to block entrances of buildings. We need to be out there fighting the information war. If you can't do anything more, you have to be online fighting and combating the propaganda because that's all they have is fake news and propaganda. And we have to do everything in our power to stop this because... in. In 10 years, we're going to look back and say, what did you do? What did you do when when Israel did this and when the United States did this? And were you on the right side of history? And that's what Ahmed Artemid told us. He said, please stand on the right side of history. Please. Please. This isn't complicated. This isn't complicated. And I want to leave you with um, Ali Abu Nima. A comment from him just about the utter disgrace of what we're seeing from pundits and politicians and everyone just sitting back and not only allowing this to happen, Mike, but, but applauding it, applauding it and justifying this.
6: always scream the loudest about the Holocaust and say, never again, never again, and we have to learn the lessons of history, particularly American and European leaders, are the ones who are most actively supporting this Holocaust in Gaza. They're sending airplanes full of bombs to drop on Palestinian babies. This is the thing that has, has for me, broken any belief I have in all the supposed principles we were taught to uh, revere human rights, international law, democracy. The people who come to lecture us about human rights and democracy and international law are the ones who are doing this. The White House spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre, said that calls for a ceasefire for Gaza are repugnant. What kind of world do we live in where calling for a ceasefire is repugnant? These people worship war. They worship death. They want us to be nice victims. They want us to be polite. They, they, they don't like it when we're angry. I get messages saying, oh, you know, you should present yourselves better. You won't win support uh, if, if you're angry. What support did we win for all these years? All these years of advocacy, of meetings, of lectures, of speeches, of meeting with politicians. Not one European politician objected to cutting food and water and electricity from children. Not one. Not one Arab country of those regimes run by traitors withdrew their ambassadors from Israel, or closed their embassies with Israel. What is this? What is this hell we're living in? People come to us for analysis. I don't know how to analyze this. I don't know what to say to people. Our hearts are broken when we see this world that allows the scenery that we're seeing in Gaza today, massacre after massacre after massacre of whole families, of 583 children as of this morning, by the time we finish this live stream, the number will have gone up. And this is a world that lectures us about human rights and democracy. I don't know how to face you and to face people in Gaza. And I don't know how to say to you that I'm sorry we failed. I mean, and that, that was my words to our
1: colleague there, Mike, was... I'm so sorry. We have to fight. We have to fight with every fiber of our being to stop this. We have to. We have to. Please, if you're listening, please, if you're listening to this, please, please do everything that you can to stop this.